Hello, Podocumens. Brett Maddox here. Today, we dive right into the Faith Once Delivered document that was produced out of the John Wesley Institute. You heard an introduction to this last week uh, when we had Dr. Ryan Danker, the director of the John Wesley Institute, on the show. You can check out our show notes for the links to the John Wesley Institute and to this document, which is available for free download. Remember that you can connect with us on social media at Podakesis. You can also email us, questions at podakesis.com, or you can even give us a phone call. Uh, leave a voicemail, 404-635-6679. Uh, this was a great discussion. Jim, myself, and Alan had a, a lot of fun just talking about God, talking about the Trinity, talking about who God is and why having a, a particular understanding of who God is is so important to our faith. So let's go ahead and start this episode of the Podakesis Podcast as we discuss God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hello, Podocumens, and welcome to the Podocesis Podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, we're joined by your very best friends and um, tied for first place in the National League East, Alan Kaysen and Jim Morrow. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Um, just so you know, <laughs> the Braves are no longer tied for yeah, first place in the I know. League I know, yeah. because the Mets played the Pirates, but that's a different <clears throat> podcast. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Podakesis takes on baseball. That's coming next. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah. We'll do an October special. Now, Alan, oh, yeah. you, you had a big Saturday. It was, uh, it was kind of the opening of college football. Me. It yeah. was all about me, right? Um, and uh, my Georgia Bulldogs went on the dunk hut, duck hunt, <laughs> dunk, dunk hunt. <laughs> uh, and uh, I mean, we absolutely throttled Oregon. It was yeah. beautiful. It was uh, beautiful. So it was. Um, it was almost like uh, the old school NES game, duck hunt. Yo, uh, <laughs> I like it. Yes, I played. Dude, you had that little rifle, that little, uh, uh-huh. uh, little I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, I know. So, and that little dog would come up when you missed a duck, though, and you wanted to shoot the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the newest season of Potokesis, <laughs> Potokesis and the Second Amendment. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, That's my like goodness. the only gun I've ever owned. <laughs> <laughs> not, that, not that owning a gun is bad. Just saying. Oh, gosh. Down the rabbit hole no, we go. Here we go. All right. I'm going to pull it back. Here, okay. I'm going to pull it back here. So um, we are glad that y'all are with us. If you joined us last week, you saw that we had uh, Dr. Ryan Danker of the John Wesley Institute with us. Um, he came in to kind of inter- to introduce this document that we're going to be going through throughout this season, uh, the Faith Once Delivered, which is a document that came out of a summit um, earlier that happened earlier this year. Um, a summit of John uh, of Wesleyan scholars that got together to talk about uh, what uh, Wesleyans believe, um, um, how that impacts our lives, and, and and all that. And so we have decided to go through this document, and so we're 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 starting today with the very beginning of of that. And so we'll get back to that in just a second. You can find out more about the Faith Once Delivered document at the uh, John Wesley Institute's webpage, nextmethodism.org, I think it is, nextmethodism.org. But there is a link in the show notes. Yes, there is a link for that. And um, I didn't mention this last week. Um, I was just remiss to, to mention it. Um, the John Wesley Institute wasn't just influential in producing this 
a document that Faith once delivered, but they were also influential in producing a book called The Next Methodism that came out last year through Seedbed. And it's a fantastic book, a compilation of authors who had came in, come in and, and talked about uh, not just the beliefs of Methodism, of, of being a Wesleyan, but also the practice of being Wesleyan, of being Methodist. And so it's a really, really great book, and um, I, we'll have that link in the show notes as well. All right, so we're going to get started with uh, the uh, the first part of this, uh, The Faith Once Delivered. But before we do, um, we had Dr. Uh, Ryan Danker uh, give us some introductions to each section of this of this document, and we'll be playing those introductions from time to time. And so um, we're going to turn to Dr. Danker now from uh, how he introduces this first section on, on God um, in The Faith Once Delivered. Why does God matter? Um, or I'll, I'll say, why does why why do we talk about God? How does that? I think yeah. God matters because God is God. But um, so I, I I think back to Kevin Van Hooser, is great theologian, evangelical theologian, who talks about you know the task of theology is to rightly name God. Um, mm. And so you know we start out with God and. Um, and I think what we did, especially in this particular section, is, is God has revealed himself to us that we might know him and be made whole. And, and, and in this self-revelation, God is revealed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And to know God as one and, and three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is to, is to begin to have a relationship with with. The, with the eternal, with the one who is beyond existence and yet is ultimate love. I mean, Wesley's term, right? God is an ocean of love. And so to know this transforming love, who, who is not an it, but a person, uh, in the sense that this is someone you can relate to, is to know Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so it's vital that we begin with the Trinity and with why we believe God is Trinity in his self-revelation. And so that, that's really where we begin with, um, with God. Now, for the sake of the document, it also tells us what is the image, right? If you can understand that, the, you know, it's the image of God. That, that's, the full, that's the full text. With, you know, there is the image of man, and Wesley speaks of the image of the devil, too. Um, but it's the image of God that is being restored in humanity, and it's the image of God that is intrinsically imprinted in us right uh, it cannot be taken away it's marred but it cannot be taken away but in order to actually identify the image you have to identify the one who is the image mm -hmm. and and that one is not a distant entity it's not you know uh, people try to talk about god in such ways and they make him so distant it's like the neighbors whose names i don't know <laughs> Um, you know, <laughs> but, but God has revealed himself in who, in who he is, right? He's not the neighbors whose names you don't know. He's actually the one who, you know, intimately and fully in Jesus Christ as father, son, and spirit. That's why we start with God. So that's. Uh, Ryan Danker giving us a a good um, a review um, or a good intro to this first section, starting off with God, 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, and I find it interesting. Um, it's, it's interesting to listen to oneself laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was having a meta moment. Thank you, Zuckerberg. <laughs> Wait, um, I'm laughing at the fact that I'm laughing. And, All right, and, let's... Oh. <laughs> I listen. We've known each other well enough. One of the things is I listened back over a couple of episodes that I've just got. I've got to work on people. Is Confession I time. was what's that? Confession time. Confession time. Yes, I was listening to myself, and I'm like doing that thing where you agree with people and you're trying to affirm them. You're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Except when he, when 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 I get like spiritual like motivation, I make. Sounds that are not okay. <laughs> mm. And um, I just, I own that. And yeah. I'm going to move. I'm, I'm, ble- I'm bless your heart. Bless your heart. <laughs> bless your heart. Bless your heart. Yeah. Yeah. So real quick, um, Ryan talked about Wesley's definition of God as an ocean of love. Um, <clears throat> that's pretty fun. Like, do you get sunburns at the ocean of love? Do you do you tailgate at the ocean of love? Is there a beach like a there? Is there a beach? Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you get sand in your toes? Hmm. Have we I think this analogy the, breaks think, down I somewhere. Think, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, and, yeah. I, don't, I think this. Is, I think okay. it's just a lot of love. I think. Really, like, <laughs> there he is, Alan, unfathomable and deep. <laughs> For right. section one, today's yeah. kind of like a. a, a foundational to the rest of the section, which is going to talk about the attributes of God, the uh, Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, etc. So this is an exciting place to start today. Yes. So we'll start off uh, with—there's three paragraphs for this introductory uh, piece today, and uh, we'll start off with the first paragraph. All right, this is paragraph 10 in the document. Um, It begins with, with faithful Christians throughout the ages, we confess our Father in one God, may known to the creation he loves fully and finally in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. In Christ, God has been revealed eternally as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because the Methodist tradition stands within the universal church, there is no distinctively Wesleyan doctrine of God. Instead, in what Wesley called the Catholic spirit, our confession is the same in substance as all Orthodox communities who seek to adhere to the faith of the apostles. That is the doctrine we describe here. Um, there's a couple of things here that um, I want to note. First of all, um, that that when he says the same in substance, I think that's a uh, a, a a purposeful allusion to the Trinitarian doctrine itself, um, mm. which uh, talks about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit being of same substance, right? Um, and so I just I love that connection and um, and that 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 pointing to that. But before we get into discussing that that little paragraph, I do want to mention the the Articles of Religion of the Church of England that um, Wesley would have been well versed in, and he would have understood and adhered to. Says this: um, There is but one living and true God, everlasting, without body or parts of infinite power, wisdom, and goodness, the maker and preserver of all things, both visible and invisible. And in unity of this Godhead, there are three persons of one substance, power and eternity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Um, so for Wesleyans, being Trinitarian is foundational to who we are, 
not because it's a Wesleyan uh, belief or, or distinctive, but because it is a Catholic, meaning universal, meaning this all, all Christians hold. To, to be Christian is to hold to this. Yeah, that is part of the faith that has been once delivered through right. the apostles and the Church through the ages. Right. Yeah, and so one of the interesting things that you read there that we'll talk about in uh, a couple of episodes is the idea of um, not without—God is without parts. Mm-hmm. And yet we talk about God being Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and so there's a, a great um, theological discussion we can have that'll be fun about— what does it mean that God is one and three? And if you haven't heard of the notion of divine simplicity, we'll talk about that in a little while. God is not composed of parts, um, but God has three distinct persons in one being. Right. Hey, one other thing that I think is interesting here right off the bat, um, with Christians throughout the ages, we confess our faith in one God is made known fully and finally mm. in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. and is very keen to note, uh, by referring to Jesus of Nazareth, it's a way of describing the historicity of Jesus. The Jesus was a person in right. a time right. from a place called right. Nazareth. Right. Now, that might be Danker's Nazarene uh, history coming out, um, <laughs> but we do, we do talk about God being fully revealed you know, in, in human language, in human oh, yeah. Skin, yeah. language, we can really begin uh, to identify and understand through Christ. Right, and and even to even to take that a little bit further, I think there's a sense that we understand that as as Christians, we truly believe that Jesus was an historical person. Like, right? Because I know that there are some debates in certain circles whether Jesus that that Jesus himself was a made up mythological figure. Uh, from history, but Christians have always held that Jesus of Nazareth, that Jesus Christ, the, the the Lord Jesus, was also a real, is a real person who had walked the earth and lived and breathed mm-hmm. and all of that. And that's in that's, time in history. That's correct. That's correct. Um, we're going to have to remind Alan that now that we are showing on YouTube, that when he cuts his camera. <laughs> Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Alan just stepped away. <laughs> it will be okay. <laughs> Everything's going to be all right. Well, there they you did, go. The, the people, you know, our YouTube folks, they're not missing me. It's fine. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love this about the Wesleyan flavor, the Wesleyan witness of Christianity. It doesn't set itself up as anything other than one of the ways in which we walk the path of Christ. Yeah. It's a it's a way of being Christian that is not distinct um apart from other Christians, but just in the accents and the grace notes um and the way we walk. Yeah. And uh, you think of it like a whole party of people making a journey on the road of Christianity, like if you were <laughs> if you were playing uh, a role-playing game, you would want your party to have your rogue and your barbarian and your wizard and your healer and all of this. And the... I love nerd references. Let's just keep it coming. Let's keep it coming. I love this. I love it. I'm having so much fun. Um, that we carry apart for the whole party in our Wesleyan accents. Yes. We're not distinct and different 
because we are still walking the Christian journey. Yeah, what was it Danker said? To be Wesleyan is to walk with John Wesley while, as, while you're following Jesus. Yeah, as right? we walk with Christ. Yeah, as we yeah. walk with Christ. Or, yeah, something like yeah. That. So um, he said that, it a lot better. Yeah, he did. I mean, it just rolled off. Yeah. Anyway, so um, one of the things, and I think for kind of our contemporary society today, is uh, the faith wants to deliver. It, it lifts up a very, a very, a belief in a very specific understanding of God and the revelation of God. Very specific. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Why is this crucial to Christian belief today? Um, why? Why is it crucial to have an understanding like to? Um, let me see if I can put it a different way. Please do. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, sometimes I hear a lot of people, uh, I, I hear people, I hate it when people say I hear a lot of people. I hear in people. In your voices. Uh, your right. Yes. I hear in people who will say, um, you know, uh, look, I like Jesus. I like the idea of Jesus. I was even raised maybe in a, in a Christian church. But um, I believe that God is big enough to reveal himself in many different ways. Um, in many different facets, um, almost like uh, many different paths up the same mountain type thing. Um, and so what we see out of this document and out of historical Christianity, though, uh, orthodox belief is that God has revealed himself in one specific way, um, and, and that, that, that is key to who we are as Christians to believe that. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah, one of the things that that brings up to to my mind is God is the one who has chosen to reveal God's own self. So God is the one who has chosen the ways in which we know God at all, be it from like the first understanding that there might be deity all the way down to the very specifics, and God has worked in such a way that he has revealed himself, as the faith once delivered says, fully and finally, meaning mm-hmm. in all of its fullness, in Jesus Christ, and that the scriptures bear witness to God. God has been been revealing himself throughout history. Um, and so we, when we understand the beauty of what that means, that out of love God revealed himself fully, um, the the idea that we really demand of God to reveal himself in different ways according to what mm-hmm. we might want God to do, mm-hmm. um, that becomes less interesting. It becomes yeah. much less interesting. Yeah. Can, now, can you, can you get glimpses of, of divine things in lots of different places? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard it said, hey, uh, all things that are uh, actually true are truths of God, and there might be nuggets of them sprinkled out here and there and everywhere. Mm-hmm. But God has revealed God's own self in very particular ways, and that's a good thing, not a limiting thing, and not a mean thing. It's a beautiful thing, because God did not have to. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so let's move on to the, the second paragraph that we're looking at today, and uh, this would be paragraph 11. All right. Um, it is in God in whom we live and move and have our being, Acts seventeen twenty eight. He is the beginning and end of all things. So God must be the foundation for any faithful account for the, of the Christian life. As Christians in the Wesleyan tradition, we confess that our primary knowledge of God comes both from the apostles who received it from Jesus Christ and from Scripture. But who is, but who is the God whom Jesus called Father 
and who together with his only son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit is worshiped and glorified. The church confesses that God is one, yet in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This revelation is found in Scripture and provides the means to interpret Scripture faithfully. Mm-hmm. So, um, most I would say uh, most everyone who's probably listening to this podcast has heard the Apostles' Creed before. And I would say that probably a good number of people who are listening to this podcast has listened to has heard the Nicene Creed before and then there's the um probably fewer people have heard of the um Chalcedon definition of Jesus the um uh, 100% human 100% um god uh, definition of Jesus um there was another creed that was lifted up by Wesley, though, that was adhered to by Wesley, who uh, that informed Wesley's understandings of God, and it's called the Athanasian Creed. And um, I, I thought I'd read that uh, for you all today. Oh, that, it's like a poetry reading. <laughs> yes. So, Shall we um, snap? Um, <laughs> welcome to Creedal Poetry Hour. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, the Athanasian Creed uh, says, We worship one God in Trinity, and Trinity in unity neither confounding the persons nor dividing the substance. For there is one person of the Father, another of the Son, and another of the Holy Ghost. But the Godhead of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Ghost is all one, the glory equal, the majesty co-eternal. Such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Ghost. The Father, the Father uncreate, the Son uncreate, and the Holy Ghost uncreate. And I think that's, it should be uncreated, but it's an older language. The Father incomprehensible, the Son incomprehensible, the Holy Ghost incomprehensible. The Father eternal, the Son eternal, the Holy Ghost eternal. And yet there are not three eternals, but one eternal. As also there are not three incomprehensibles, nor three uncreated, but one uncreated and one incomprehensible. So likewise, the Father is almighty, the Son is almighty, and the Holy Ghost is almighty. And yet there are not three almighties, but one almighty. So this Athanasian creed here, um, named after St. Athanasius, who was, a, uh, who was very influential in, in helping the Church formulate the Trinitarian formula, um, is, uh, is an important piece to Wesley and Wesleyan and Orthodox understanding of, of the nature of nature of God. All right, so uh, the, the the faith once delivered this paragraph. Um, it talks about the primary knowledge of God coming from the apostles who received it and, uh, from Jesus Christ and from Scripture, and this brings up a pretty interesting thing that we've talked about in previous episodes when we were dealing with the Shorter Catechism, and that is the difference between um, an understanding of sola scriptura and prima scriptura when talking about um, theological understanding, um, worldview, what informs us as, as Christians. And my understanding is that Wesley, even though he was a son of the Reformation, he was a student of the Reformation, if you will, uh, which lifted up sola scriptura, only scripture, scripture alone, um, that Wesley had more of a prima or scripture, scripture being primary, but there were other sources that would be 
um, would help inform Scripture, is that right, or, 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 or in, uh, interpret Scripture um, in, in, in communities? Uh, Jim, you, you tend to have a better way of saying this <laughs> than I do. And I will say, Jim has been very influential for me in coming to a more complete understanding of this. So um, for those who come out of the United Methodist tradition, you're familiar with the quadrilateral, um, blessed be its name. Um, but, <laughs> uh, which is then later on become four equal sources of revelation. Take your pick flavor of the day. Is it tradition today? Is it experience today? It's always experience because my feelings rule the day. <laughs> no, it, it lifts up. Uh, scripture being primary and then informed by tradition, reason, and experience. Right. Um, and the Anglican Church, as far as I would understand it, would would call the three-legged stool of tradition, uh, scripture, tradition, and reason. Right. Um, at the time of Wesley, and what we recognize is that um, we don't, we simply will never understand scripture outside of other influences. We just, it's not possible mm-hmm. um, because we, it, scripture comes to us through the apostles. Right, right. Under the inspiration and movement and guidance of the Holy Spirit, it comes to us by the Holy Spirit through those who came before us, be right. it all the way back to Moses, right? Who and, and, and the editors of the Pentateuch, um, all the way through David and the psalmists and the prophets and um, the gospel writers and apostles. It, it, it simply comes to us through our, our tradition, our faith tradition. And right. I would venture to say that nobody is actually sola scriptura. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I would just yeah. just by the fact that I don't think it's logistically possible because the scriptures come to us through tradition. Yeah. Um the way kind of in my simplistic mind, uh the way I think about it is um as a pastor, if you've ever quoted something or someone other than scripture, then you're working under your prima scriptura at that, that point. Like right. if you've and ever the, and the idea yeah. there is not to take scripture off of the height of revelation that it is. It's not at all. It's right. just a recognition that we have—if we uh, if we were to say that I will never listen to anybody who came before me, even my most faithful grandma who spoke faith into our life, my life, then um, I will then be Scripture and Jim, mm-hmm. fresh, ignoring the fact in a very prideful and pig-headed manner that yeah. I'm the first and only arbiter of what this means. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not. Right. Um, and Wesley would call uh, call it the primitive church, right. uh, but the earliest of churches being the ones um, in which he would go back to the most. Right. Uh, we go back to Wesley, but only as Wesley points to Christ, but... You pull up some of these people who were living the first faith as the New Testament was coming together in its canonical form, and those people who walked with Christ especially, and who were immediate heirs to the apostles and their teaching, right? converts of the apostles, yeah. these people know what they're talking about, and they've shaped the way that we think about faith. Right. Um, and, and so the idea there is... is the faith once delivered is lifting up tradition again, and that's not alien right? It's not the Methodist alien. tradition. If you come out of a United Methodist tradition, um, then it's already in your, in your scope. If you're coming into different Methodist expressions where you have articles of faith, confessions of faith, where you have creedal influence at all, mm-hmm. you recognize that tradition speaks. Right. 
Right. It's the it's the democracy of the dead. It is the well-worn path mm -hmm. that we walk. And gosh, what a mess I would make if it was just me and my Bible trying to lead other people to the true God revealed in Jesus Christ. I, I mean, I, any given day, like today I'm a little tired. What kind of mess would I make if I were to try to do that today Yeah, all by myself? Hey, everyone. We'll return to the show in just a moment. We just wanted to take a little bit of time to tell you about some of our favorite people. As you know, the Podakesis Podcast is a proud member of the Spirit and Truth Podcast Network. Spirit and Truth is a movement of Wesleyan-minded Christians seeking to awaken and equip the 21st century church through the power of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We long to see a new movement of Christians who are empowered by the Spirit, rooted in truth, and mobilized for the mission. For more information and resources from Spirit and Truth, go to their website, spiritandtruth.life. And go ahead and put on your calendars March 9th through the 11th, 2023, March 9th through the 11th, 2023, in Dayton, Ohio, the Spirit and Truth Conference. We went last year. It was life-changing. It was awesome. So go ahead and put that on, March 9th through the 11th, 2023, Dayton, Ohio, the Spirit and Truth Conference. And now we're going to get back to our conversation about the triune God. The um, Scripture's always, my understanding, Scripture's always meant to be read and studied and interpreted within community, right? Like that, like not just by yourself. I mean, that's the whole right. point of having a worshiping community and being part of small groups. And like, it's not, it's not meant to be, and you're not meant to be an island unto yourself with with all of this. Well, and the you as a person are not the um, right right point of the Bible. Right. Oh, um, <laughs> you mean I'm not? No, Come the on. the Bible Come is not on. written for you as an individual, though. Come it, on. I mean it is. Um, but the goal for the Bible is not my personal self help. I've and got my name inscribed on my Bible, though. So. Yeah, that's I mean, come cool. on. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the the Bible's written for for the church, which is which yeah. is not yeah. the institution of the church, but it's the body of Christ on earth. Yeah, and that's and that's what it is. If you'll notice, the only letters written to individuals in the New Testament are mm -hmm. to pastors or a correspondence that uh, invokes the other churches, yeah. or other members of the church. Yeah. Because the purpose is not that there would be a bunch of dissociated individual followers of Jesus, but that we are in a mystical way beyond our understanding in one baptism, one spirit, one faith. We are one body, which is yeah. the body of Jesus. Right. And at its, at, and um, you know this Trinitarian understanding of God you know, came out of a—I mean, if you read the the stories of the Council of Nicaea in 325 and um, all that was—I mean, it, the the Trinitarian understanding of God was formulated in community. It was formulated, informed by Scripture, but within community, within doing the hard work of theology. Well, uh, yeah, Scripture says this, Scripture yes. says this, yeah. and Scripture says this, right. and we have to reason those things together to understand— it's for those on video. You can see my hands way up high. This is what Scripture says about God. Uh, what is underneath where those streams come together? That's the yeah, truth. That's right about who God is. Right. Uh, just to be clear, Trinity was not developed in three twenty-five and forward. Right. 
uh, or wherever it was first discussed earlier. Right. It was not developed. It was articulated. That's a good word. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. articulated for the first time. Yeah. There has never been a point, and you can go back through theological history and scriptural history. There's never been a point where God was not one in three and three in one. Right. It's That's just right. simply as we wrap our minds around. We were able to come up with language. Right. To the best of our ability. That's right. You go. So. Jesus just happened. The Pentecost just happened. What what is this? Right. And as they start to articulate in a way that people are agreeing on because the spirit is inspiring them to mm-hmm. come to understand truth. Oh yeah, Jesus said the comforter would come. Yeah. That's right. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh and now yeah. and, but but the oh, comforter but that, is God. But oh and Jesus oh okay, yeah. So yeah. 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 Uh, great early early Christian literature on that that's phenomenal. Um, it's it's a little taxing on the brain, but yeah. So I'm just like retaliating a little against the Discovery and History Channel folks that were like, <laughs> and then the church made up and forced on everybody the <laughs> canon of Scripture and left out the best books and threw the doctrine of the Trinity upon the world left as a human <laughs> invention. That's right. Actually, Who is this horrible church that did this? Even worse than that is, and then Constantine invented the and Trinity. that's why nobody wants you to have self-actualization and do whatever you want in your life. <laughs> Jim, get it all out, man. Just get it all out. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so th- th- those things always come like Easter and Easter Christmas. And Christmas. Yes, you always get yes, like those specials yes. that are like, oh, we finally discovered the church will never tell you. You know what would be fun? I've heard this on other podcasts, uh, something similar to this, and I think this would be fun if we three did a watch through of one of those documentaries <laughs> and, we're, and we're like Mystery commenting. Mystery Science Theater, theater 3000 yep, style? Yep, yes, yes. Adikis' <laughs> special episode, the yes. Discovery Channel Live. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be you, a it would be a bunch of me going. That is so dumb, so <laughs> stupid. People would realize how mean I actually am, and, and people would watch it. Yeah, they would listen. We we we. I've actually thrown things at televisions during those. <laughs> and then and then if you want to see TV. a righteous a righteous explosion. Uh, wait until the next day when a church member calls me and says, "Why did nobody ever tell me that the church made junk up?" <laughs> and I write those people. I'm like, "What did you put on the TV, you?" <laughs> you. Calm down, Jim. Jim. Okay. All right, calm down. Will do. And uh, you know, even in our very basic in the in the life of the church, even in our most basic initiation rites, our our most basic, "Hey, I'm a Christian," right? It's done in Trinitarian language. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, we do not. Ba- we don't just get up there and say we baptize you in the name of Jesus. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I actually saw. You know, interesting. Man, this was a few years ago. It just clicked back in my head. Um, so maybe I'm just making it up. But I, the, um, uh, I saw kind of this debate on Twitter about this, the language of baptism. Do we baptize in the name of Jesus, or do we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? And historically, the Trinity has been uplifted in our baptism. So um, it's an, that, that was an interesting thing. Yeah. There All go. the good stuff comes from Twitter. It does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the tweets. Oh, the tweets. Oh, the tweets. The tweets. All right. Um, let's move on oh, to this. Oh, hold on. We'll get to this later. 
But one day when we need to fill some time on a podcast, I would be glad to share all of my opinions on why we don't use the words redeemer, uh, creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Oh, oh! I'm sure we'll get to oh, that. We, we, and we're going to come back to the Trinity. I will make again. people quite upset who want to do that. Yes, yes. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, is a teaser. <laughs> Alan really wants me to shut up. He In knows what happens when I rant. <laughs> In a podcast. Uh, All right, so here we go. Um, the, the third paragraph we're going to be looking to, right. uh, today. Take it. So the purpose of true religion, Wesley wrote, was to restore in us the image of God in which human beings were originally created, but that has been distorted by sin. Centuries before Wesley, Augustine of Hippo wrote that God made us for himself, that we might find our highest fulfillment and happiness in worshiping him. So in order to understand what it means to be human, to be the people God intends us to be, we must know who this God is and whose image we are being restored. And it kind of reminds me of what Ryan said about um, in order to understand our image, we have to know who the image, we have to know the image, the image mm-hmm. that we're supposed to be in. We have to know the image. Right. Um, the one and the one who created us. Yeah. This right. is flawless reasoning. Yes. Beautifully articulated. Yes. The, um, he quotes, uh, they, they make allusion to um, Augustine um, of Hippo, not Augustine the Hippo. This is not some Saturday morning. Oh, uh, oh. Wow, wow, man. I thought I always said Hippo, dude. <laughs> oh, was he a hungry Hippo? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thanks for the humor, Brett. You're welcome, oh. man. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, from uh, Augustine's Confessions, this is what he writes. He says... Um, Great art thou, O Lord, and greatly to be praised. Great is thy power and thy wisdom, there is no, and of thy wisdom there is no end. And man, who being a part of thy creation, desires to praise thee, man who bears about within, with him uh, his mortality, the witness of his sin, even the witness that thou resistest the proud. Yet man, this part of thy creation, desires to praise thee, for thou hast formed us for thyself, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in Thee. So this this understanding that um, we find our highest fulfillment, our highest happiness, our joy, if you will, in in worshiping God. That's what we were created for. Our hearts long for that. And yes, we are in sin, and we we are broken, and we have this marred image. Uh, but our hearts are, are there's something within us that is calling us back to our intended created being, our, our intended created uh, way. So, uh, so, you, so, what do we see as the need or the reason for the need to restore the image? This, this, you know, the image that keeps being brought up over and over in this document. Um, why, why restoration, and what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, we messed up. All right, that's the end of the podcast, y'all. We, uh... we, we, uh, we tore up from the floor up. Um, <laughs> wow. I mean, I mean, you know, our we our our image is marred because He's of, not wrong. Uh, the, the fall, and so yeah. we are in need of restoration. And so, in order to do that, we need to understand who it is that made us yeah. and the image that we were created in so that we um, can live into that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's without, without 
so a couple of things are true here. If especially because there's a lot I mean, there's a lot of different trajectories in current Christian practice about being created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so therefore, some people will say, therefore, the what you are now, since you were created in the image of God, is divine, and therefore, mm-hmm. you are just great. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's, it's important to understand who God is so we can understand the distinctions, not about like what we look like or whatever, but in the nature of, of who we are as hum, human people. The other is that um, without understanding God in whose image we were made, then I'm just going to be made in my own image and then fashion a God like that. Um, and I'm not, you know, you can talk back to carved statues of idolatry, but it doesn't take that. It's more ideological these days. Mm-hmm. What do I want to be? And therefore, what kind of God will support that right. so that I can say I'm made in the image of that God? Mm-hmm. And we're still even talking about the God of the Bible at times when people talk about that. Uh, so pervasive in Christianity is the idea, um, the it's just kind of like this deep, dark, underlying current of, I'm actually okay. Right. I'm actually just fine, thank you very much, in every way that I am, um, and therefore God must also be this way, but it's the other way around. Right. I cannot understand who I am unless I begin to understand God. I cannot understand what it means to be created in the image of God unless, as the faith once delivered is driving us to, is I seek to understand God as God revealed himself in Jesus through Scripture. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And um, <clears throat> so they allude to Augustine and that highest fulfillment piece, and it makes me think, you, y'all remember our very first, like, when we dove into the shorter catechism, you know, 18,000 years ago, um, when we did that, uh, that very fir- we did the very first question, what is the chief end of humanity? Is to glorify, glorify God. God and to enjoy Him forever. Right. So our highest fulfillment. What is our highest fulfillment? That 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 when when I hear Augustine say that, I'm, I'm automatically going back to that that statement of our highest fulfillment, our highest calling, is to glorify God and to enjoy His presence. Um, but there was another piece to this. Um, so in order to understand what it means to be human, that line in that paragraph, so in order to understand what it means to be human, to be the pe- people God intends us to be, we must know who God is and in whose image we are being restored. There's a sense that having a understanding, a trust, a faith, a belief in this helps us understand who we truly are and who we can be. And and that's beautiful. Um, there was a—when uh, I was in seminary, we had a speaker come in to one of my Christian ed classes, and he brought in this book that he had been reading. He was just carrying it around with him. And um, the book was called, if I remember right, something like um, to, uh, to Be Truly Human. Um, and it was this idea here of finding our our purpose um, in in our Creator, mm. um, and, and it's not even so much just purpose like we use it. Because we have an episode right. about this back in the day. It's not like your purpose, your reason, you know, for existence, so much as like 
what is the end to which you were made? Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like why I was always yelled at for trying to hammer in nails with the wrench. It's not made <laughs> for that. It's a hammer is made for that. Yeah. And so um it's not just like what am I supposed to do with my life? But for what was I created, to what end, to what function, and what activity was I created? And you just don't find that in truth outside of God. Otherwise, you're hammering in nails with screwdrivers and wrenches, and you're you're just breaking and damaging everything. Mm-hmm. Good word. That's a good word. Absolutely. That's, that's the 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 word telos. Uh, from Greek and philosophy and in scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meaning to, what is the end, right? Like in that. Yeah. What, what, what is the, what is the end? What is the design for which right. one was made? What is the purpose? Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Well, Hey, this has been a fun discussion. We're, we're coming to the end. This has been a fun discussion. This is a great kind of uh, uh, introduction, if you will, into what we're going to be talking about for a while now on um not just God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but we're going to be talking about the attributes of God and who God is, and 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 digging deep into uh, to these uh, to these attributes moving moving forward. So that's what we'll be looking at in the next uh, few episodes, are specifically the attributes of God, um, um, or what is God like. I remember um, one of my favorite uh, set of books is a, a three volume systematic theology of Thomas Oden, who was a really, really influential theologian in my formation while I was in seminary, um, and really kind of helped me hone in my understanding of the nature of God, the nature of the church, the nature of humanity, all, all of that. And um, uh, he starts off, his first volume, um, The Living God, um, starts off with these things, the attribute of God. What is God like? Um, and so I'm, I'm sure this is going to be a fun discussion of talking about what is God like. A God that we affirm has no body or no parts. What's he like? <laughs> you know, what What are we talking about? And so um, that should be that should be, be fun, be, guys. It'd be fun. Yeah, be absolutely. It'd be, it'd be, be real fun. fun. I'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, until next time, um, we'll, uh, we'll we appreciate y'all listening. Uh, tell your friends, uh, tell your family, share us out there, and uh, we will talk to you later. Y'all have a good one. What a great episode, y'all. I'm reminded of a prayer from Saint Augustine, who we've alluded to already, um, that I'd like to pray over you all. Lord, I seek you with all my heart, with all the strength you have given me. I long to understand that which I believe. You are my only hope. Please listen to me. Do not let my weariness lessen my desire to find you, to see your face. You created me in order to find you. You gave me strength to seek you. My strength and my weakness are in your hands. Preserve my strength and help my weakness. Where you have already opened the door, let me come in. Where it is shut, open at my knocking. Let me always remember you, love you, meditate upon you, and pray to you until you restore me to your perfect pattern. In Jesus' name, amen. We will also 
Just letting y'all know, we'll also have all the links mentioned in this episode pertaining to the John Wesley Institute and to the document, The Faith Once Delivered, um, which is available for free download on our show notes, in our show notes. Uh, be sure to hit us up on social media at Podikesis is where you can find us. Uh, you can find us on our website, uh, podikesis.podbean.com, or you can also get us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can leave us a voicemail, 404 404- 635-6679. Send us an email, questions at podikesis.com. Uh, be sure to go, if you listen to uh, listen to us on iTunes, on, on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and leave a review, which helps us in, uh, in the Apple world. Uh, I look forward to being, we look forward to being with y'all again on our next episode as we talk about the attributes of God. Until then, may God bless you, and we'll talk to you later.